What's going on, radio world? Oh, how I love to hear that top of the hour here at 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. It is Wednesday, my dudes, and this is the Sons of Liberty. I'm AJ Malillo. I am Stephen Rombolo. And we are joined with the very, very special guest. Stephen, I would like you to do the honors of introducing him. Yes, so I, I've been cooking up this nickname for a minute now. And if you know anything about Lewis, you, you know how much sense it makes. I have him in my phone. I've been referring to him as this at Luke de Lou. Luke de Lou. I love it. I love it. There's all so right. many, there's so many things at play there. <laughs> so many layers there. But all right, guys, look, uh, this is different. I understand everybody is like, how are they even broadcasting right now? We're broadcasting through Zoom, thanks to the wonderful work of our engineer at Montclair State, Adam Goldberg, and our wonderful general manager, Annabella Poland. They jump through hoops to get us on air to make something seem normal in this. Totally. Not even hoops, probably rings of fire. <laughs> Fair. Probably yes. like loop-de-loops of rings of fire. <laughs> Fair. In this seemingly chaotic time, we're getting on air for you guys and for us so that we can all be a little bit a little bit sane and a little bit normal, right? We could try. I want to start off by talking about what life in quarantine is like for us Montclair State University students how classes are, how you guys are doing. You know, well, a lot's changed home. since last week when we, uh, when we were last on, on Instagram. That's true. So last week, Stephen and I, during Steak Night, were uh, broadcasting live on Facebook and Instagram. We were answering questions, and it was a whole lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But a lot has changed. So, Stephen, why don't you start us off, talk about a little bit of what's gone down since then. I think, uh, obviously, you know, as a matter of – just living in the state of New Jersey, right? Because uh, you, you could be listening anywhere. Um, we have been issued a stay-at-home order, which wasn't really in effect, wasn't even thought of as being a possibility last Wednesday. But now here we are, Governor Murphy has uh, closed all non-essential businesses, restaurants, uh, takeout only. Um, and we are supposed to not leave the house unless it is to go either grab medication, food, medication, food, that's about it. Um, the governor's encouraging us to to be outside on the nice days, but he's pushing hard on social distancing, maintaining this uh, six feet distance between people. So um, personally, I know uh, if you know anything about us, if you listen for a long time, I have a great community down here. I'm back home at the Jersey Shore. And um, we had a nice little cookout in the garage next door, but we spaced the tables and the chairs out. So we were all socially distanced away from each other. So that's great. You can still, you know, have, have these moments of normalcy and adapt to it, life in New Jersey. The other thing that I want to talk about very briefly that's uh, the governor did do before we jump around more, because it's important and near and dear to me, is he made a statement saying, you know, don't come down to your second homes at the Jersey Shore. I can't stress that enough if you're like, I was so happy to hear him say that because the systems down here, even the, the grocery store that's around the corner for me, can't handle the influx of people, let alone the, the hospital systems, the doctors. If this disease starts to spread down here, we're not equipped for that. We don't have that population density around, so we are not built like that. So things are absolutely changing uh, in the state. All gatherings are banned too. Uh, before it was 50, I believe, when we got on last week. 
then it bumped down to 10 and now it's uh no gatherings so there's there's a lot going on yeah absolutely and i think that i'm i'm right along with you i'm glad that the governor made those statements saying don't come down to the shore because you know seaside right now which is the shore town we're the closest to is has two cops in the winter time you know what i mean and we're not oh, it's wow. not the summertime it's not memorial day weekend yet we're just not ready for it we're not prepared at all for it and so you're right the governor is been on the ball exactly with that stuff. And so a uh, big tip of the hat to Governor Murphy, which if you listen, you don't hear me do a lot, but during this time of crisis, I have to say that Governor Murphy is doing a very good job as is Governor Cuomo up in New York. Um, all that being said, I would like to bring Lewis into the conversation and Ew. ask how he's doing with all this quarantine. Well, we've been talking about how we love uh, the, the the policies that Phil Murphy has been uh, putting into effect. And I, I've loved his policies longer than that because I live in the, the great portion of the state called Central Jersey that he oh. uh, so nicely said does exist. Um, and correctly, you mean. He's pandering, trying to get your vote. <laughs> so I, re I, I, I live in the, the great part of the state of Central Jersey. And right now, I live in a, a, a suburb. Uh, there's pretty much just normal towns. It's medium to larger towns, but we're not talking city and we're not talking rural, just right in the middle there. And I have seen no traffic on the roads, which is incredibly awesome to see because that means people are staying off the roads uh, for the most part, besides getting that essential stuff. Um, but I have seen a lot more people out on walks and they're socially distancing themselves. And I've seen these people and I've never seen these people ever before. So <laughs> I don't know where they're coming from, but everybody and their mother's going for a walk right now. Um, but I support it so long as they stay out, out uh, six feet apart from each other. But yeah. Absolutely, Lewis. That's the big thing. Reconnect with the people that you live with. Reconnect with your family and go out and walk. Reconnect with the town that you live in the outdoors a little bit you know as long as you're keeping that social distance do all of that stuff i'm make, telling you make the best of it i met new neighbors in the past few days in, <laughs> in from six feet apart i met new neighbors and i think that, that's very funny people that have lived there for years they're going out on walks and people are smiling at each other waving at each other just no handshakes that's all <laughs> exactly so that's that is perfect and that's exactly what we should be doing in this time just try try and make the best of it you know i know steven i'm sure you you walk your walk around town but they closed the boardwalk and everything too so what's going on well they didn't close the boardwalk yet boardwalk's oh, still did. open it's the um the beaches that are closed only in seaside heights right now so um not allowed on the beaches which um i mean to me this is a community where you have a lot of fishers, you have a lot of people who like to go out and surf. Doesn't seem like the best idea, but I understand the point. I was actually, I was taking a run on the boardwalk the other day and um, tons of people out there. You would have thought it was like a, a late September kind of mm -hmm. day where there's just people walking around, families, uh, all the restaurants up there, which is another thing that I wanted to touch on was local businesses. Um, since they can only do takeout, you know, uh, hurting obviously, but some of them still have their doors open. A lot of the pizza joints, um, trying to make it work, which is again, super important right now, especially if you're in a community like this, 
where you'd have people who come in, regulars, come sit down, order a pizza, you got a breakfast place. I know Fast Break right by you is popular, popular, but can't do much if people aren't allowed in. So there's a, a big effect that is being had on small business, which I know we'll touch on again when we talk about the bill right. that was passed last night. Yeah, the bill that was passed last night, the bill that wasn't passed before that. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to the federal government's actions in this time of crisis. And I'm sure we'll spring some debate on really deciding when is the right time to open the economy back up. And I know that Stephen and I had our virtual class last night yeah. in which um, there is a little bit of a tension on that subject as to what the president's decision is with opening the economy back up. So I'm sure we'll get involved in that a little bit later on. Just as a, mean, another matter real quick, uh, just pulling from the governor's Twitter to talk about updates in the state of New Jersey. This is from yesterday. He's been putting out these stats every day uh, as they come into him. 846 uh, positive cases of COVID as of yesterday with the state total at 3,675. And uh, oh, that's my, that is my phone falling over there. Um, and uh, 44 deaths so far. So um, as a matter of just jumping back to last week, I know those numbers were nowhere near that in the state. So you can still see this uh, is still growing at this point as we're getting more tests, testing more people. So I, absolutely, I think right now it's a good thing that we're seeing the numbers grow. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's only because right now that we're finally testing. I know that we're still on the upward side of that curve, a curve, but we are starting to test now. Those testing facilities have been ha having to close like an hour after they open to new people in lines because we don't have enough tests to go around. So I, that, that's the reason we're seeing numbers go up is because we're yeah. testing people. Exactly. And that being said, uh, when it comes to the testing, I know that new tests are being produced, tests that you get the information back within 45 minutes. When this started, it was like three to five days, but we are joined. I just heard the, the join of a very important guest and somebody that we need to talk to during this. Miss Sophia Giannascoli, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. So Perfect. Sophia is a very important guest to us. She's on every week if you listen to Sons of Liberty, but during this time, unfortunately, Miss Giannascoli's dad was tested positive for the coronavirus. And if I'm not mistaken, were, did you also get tested or are you just self-quarantining? Um, I did get tested, yeah. So you were also positive as, along with your dad, right? Yes. All right, so thank you jo for joining us. I hope you're doing well. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, the last like three days have been the best I've felt since I've been stuck in Virginia. Um, yeah, I get, I get a little bit better every day. Perfect. Um, that being said, let's let's talk a little bit about the test because it looks kind of scary. How does it yeah. feel? <laughs> so I was very nervous going into the test because I had seen all these videos online and heard a lot of people were like, it hurts so bad. It's terrible. It's like the worst feeling in the world. So I was kind of freaking out when we were on our way to the uh, testing place. And um, it really wasn't that bad. It was like, you know, very quick, less than like 
13 seconds, I would say, in total. It's like a very small, for me at least, it was like a really small uh, Q-tip thing. And they just kind of stick it in your nose and like, you know, twist it around and then that's it. Perfect. I'm just going to ask you for technical purposes, can you flip whatever device that you're using? Because you're, oh, yeah. you're kind of sideways. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've heard some horror stories on the illness itself. What, like, how did you, what were your first symptoms, if you had them at all? Um, what were my first symptoms? I think it started with the sinus pressure. So I had, I had very, you know, start to finish, this was very mild for me, um, uh, you know, comparing it to other people, but um, started with sinus pressure and headaches. Uh, I then developed some soreness in my throat along with uh, like a slight cough. Like I have asthma, so I'm always coughing anyway, but this was like different. It felt like really heavy at like the, the top of my chest. Um, and then the headaches became more regular. I had shortness of breath, which is kind of scary. I've had to do uh, breathing treatments and stuff for that. Um, but it was very mild. I would say the worst symptom I had, like the, like the most intense symptom I had was definitely the sinus pressure and the sinus pain. So it was like every time I would breathe in through my nose, it was like fire in my whole face. What, uh, Steve, yeah, you got a question, go. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, um, all of that sounds frightening. Did the doctors give you any of like indication of how long you may have had it prior to being tested. So like, what was that time frame like? So I basically, so my parents went on a trip to Utah and like a bunch of people in Utah were like all getting diagnosed at the same time, which was like when they got back. So they got back on a Sunday. I got to Virginia on a Monday. My dad started showing symptoms the day I got here. So then my stepmom started showing symptoms. So that was Monday. I would say that Friday. And then I didn't start showing symptoms until last Tuesday. So I was like a couple days behind them. Um, yeah. So, so overall, was this about a week that you were feeling symptoms? Yeah, like exactly like seven days start to finish. Cool. And, and when within the seven? Go see. I was going to say, when within the seven did you get the uh, the test? Um, so I started showing symptoms on like Sunday into Monday, Tuesday. I got tested on Wednesday. So fairly early on. A couple questions that I'll, and I'll let you, you know, answer as long as you need. First, obviously, your parents are older. How are they doing? What's their symptoms worse? Your father and stepmother, and how are they feeling now? And then yeah. also, how hard was it to get the testing when you eventually got the test? So my dad is he's 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 uh, the oldest of all of us. Um, so he was definitely sick the longest. It hit him the hardest, I think, uh, with the cough and 
overall, one of the biggest symptoms all three of us had was, I forgot to say this earlier, but like severe fatigue. Like we were all pretty much bedridden for like at least three days that we were all sick. Like it's like so overwhelming. So that was definitely the biggest symptom for my dad. My stepmom, she's a doctor. Um, so she was kind of like approaching everything very like, you know, like we're going to take the medicine and it'll be fine. Like we'll figure this out, blah, 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 like very like clinically. Um, but her and I both had much more mild symptoms than my dad. They're both totally better now. We are all kind of, I'm like the latest coming out of it because I developed symptoms so much longer after them. Um, my dad's good. My stepmom's great, and I'm like almost great. A plane's going off in the background. There. Here. Yeah, it sounds like like a rocket ship just landed. All right, it went away. Right, we're still there. So, yeah, we're, I think. Sophie, if you don't mind muting your mic really quick. Yeah, sure. Oh, now that's better. All right, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Wait. I can resituate some things. Sure. So while you do that, um, my next question would be, uh, was how long did it take when you actually went to get tested? To get right. Tested? So since my stepmom is a doctor um, here in Virginia, she's very, uh, you know, kind of entwined in the medical community down here. So she had... Um, we, we were definitely very uh, privileged in this way that we were able to get access to these tests so quickly. Um, so she had a friend who works in the emergency department of one of the hospitals down here. He's like one of the head doctors. And then his friend worked at the hospital where they were doing the tests. So after my dad was told he was positive on like Wednesday morning, I think we were already getting tested by Wednesday afternoon because they wanted, because especially for, you know, her practice and stuff and like all of her coworkers and all of their patients that they saw and everything, they needed to know whether she had it or not, like very quickly. So if nobody else has a question, um, after you got tested and it came back positive, was there anything that the doctors recommended that you do in order to sort of fight the virus? Yeah. So my stepmom and I both took a uh, Plaquenil, that malaria drug that everybody's been okay. talking about. So we both took that. I think she was on it for six or seven days. And I think today is my last day of taking it. So Yay. that 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 definitely um is doing what everyone's saying it is i think she explained it to me it basically like stops the virus from being able to like attach to the cells and stuff that it, it attaches itself to so that's why it's like so good at fighting off the virus and everything but it's definitely sped up our recovery process 100 percent all right, thank you so much, Sophia. We're gonna probably have to let you go with by like 1.30. So is there, I wanna ask you, what message do you have for people our age who think that either they don't get the, they can't get the virus or that if they get the virus, it's not that bad? Yeah, um, I would definitely say you can get it. I, um, 
I've been like super, you know, immune to like colds and the flu and stuff for like a couple of years now. Cause I've been like, you know, taking vitamins, whatever, whatever. But it's so, so, so important for, um, our elders and like older people in our communities that you stay home and, you know, you be really responsible. Like don't go out to parties, don't go out to bars, don't go, you know, big congregations of people. Like everyone's not taking it as seriously as they should. And like, I understand, you know, we're young, whatever, but it's a really aggressive and really, um, you know, fast working virus. So you might not feel the effects. I had a very mild case, but like watching my dad be sick as sick as he was for two and a half weeks was like kind of scary, you know, and especially like for people older than him and, you know, our grandparents and stuff. Like even if you just stop by their house for five minutes, like they can be infected so quick. Like it's, it's really, really important that you stay home and practice um, social distancing as much as possible. As some would say, spread kindness, not germs. Stay yes, <laughs> exactly. So Stephen and Lewis, you guys have any last questions for Sophia? So when you felt all these symptoms, did you need anything from other people to help you out? So like say somebody knows um somebody who else who is has the coronavirus is there anything that other people can do to help you maybe like bring groceries to your front door or something like that yeah so we definitely took full advantage of our uh, uh healthy neighbors and friends down here um everybody was dropping off groceries for us if we needed stuff um even the uh the cdc and like the health department came and brought us like wellness kits oh, of wow. soap and gloves and masks and uh thermometers like all this stuff so i definitely would say help those in your like neighborhood or your family who like can't go grocery shopping for themselves or you know if you are or someone you know is sick um get get help like that it's it's really important that you like do not leave your house if you're showing symptoms so i got a two two parter here uh, how many days into the self sort of isolation quarantine are you? How many more do you have left? Um, so I've, <laughs> I've been here since March 9th. We started quarantine probably that Friday. So, because we were all kind of like overlapping each other's quarantine. So as soon as my dad started showing symptoms is when we all kind of started staying home. So time has blended together for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know exactly how long that I've been here, but today is actually my last day of self-quarantine. I spoke to the woman from the Department of Health this morning and she said, I'm all good to go as of today. Nice. And are you going to need to get retested now? Um, so they originally, like obviously doctors and, uh, you know, the people at the hospital, they want people to get retested to make sure that they're safe to be out in public and stuff when they need to be. Um, but there's just not enough supplies to, you know, be able to do that. There's not enough tests, at least in this area. 
for us to be retested. So they're just kind of going by the, um, you know, the guidelines. So it's like, you have to, so like since your symptoms started, I never had a fever, but it has to be three days since your last fever and then seven days after that. And then you're done with quarantine. So they're kind of following those guidelines, but we're not gonna be retested. You said before that you were on the, a medicine that's usually for malaria. Mm -hmm. How long do you have to take that for? Um, so I'm not exactly sure, like the full timeline of it, because I started it um, right at the onset of my symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I've been taking it since then. I'm pretty sure the... Um, like prescribed regimen is like at least seven days or something, but I'm not sure. If okay. you're wondering, you should contact your healthcare providers and ask them. Thank you. <laughs> so point. Last, last question, I imagine. You've been in quarantine. You had the virus. You fought it. You've done it all. You're, you're the story here. <laughs> For us, us folks who are stuck inside, yeah, yeah. somebody who's just ending their quarantine, what What is the best way to keep busy? What did you find comfort in during your time being stuck in the house? Um, I watched an insane amount of uh, Tanked, the show from Animal Planet, it. where they make this, where they make the aquariums. It's so good. It's I love a great show. show. Oh, it's so entertaining. Um, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing on my Switch. <laughs> Um, painting is fun. I think it's really, really important to, you know, as goofy as it sounds, practice, you know, mindfulness and kind of like check in with yourself because like, you know, being in your house for so long, it can get to you. And like, you know, the other day I was like, time doesn't exist. Like I started like, you know, freaking myself out a little. So I went in the backyard and I just kind of was like, you know, I just need to like walk around by some trees, breathe. Um, but I think mindfulness, checking in with yourself, uh, exercising is so important. I've been, you know, working out like a maniac because I just need to like move my body um, and do things you enjoy, you know, like playing the switch, painting, watching movies, stuff like that. And FaceTiming with your friends is very important as well. Can I get a 15 second review on Animal Crossing? Um, it's really good. Tom Nook is as annoying as ever. The graphics are absolutely <laughs> stunning. Uh, I think the gameplay is really well planned out. It's soothing, peaceful, and it's a nice little escape. Thank you. All right, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that the rest of your... Oh, my dog's barking. I don't know if you hear that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I hope that the rest of your time in Virginia is much better than Thanks. this time started. <laughs> and if you have any last words of advice for anyone, please let them know now. Uh, please practice social distancing. It's so, so important. I know it's the thing everyone's talking about and it's like a joke, but it's so, so important. Wash your hands, uh, disinfect your takeout boxes before you touch them and huh. uh, relax. That's All it. right, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Be, be well, stay healthy. Yes. <laughs> Thanks.
All right, so that was Sophia Giannascoli, a Montclair State University student and a member of WMSC, host of Confused by the News. Um, and we're glad she's doing well. We're glad her dad's doing well. And that's that's it right there. That's important. Remember, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can get this disease. Luckily for everyone, Sophia's symptoms were were very mild. But I have seen horror story after horror story about people having very, very severe ailments in our age bracket. So take this seriously. And even if you think you're invincible, which you're not, the people around you aren't, your parents aren't, your grandparents aren't. Be cautious. Do the right thing. Yeah, I think another thing that we, uh, we learned by having Sophia on, which first of all, I want to say, you know, it, it's, I have to say this the, the right way. It's great that we have the resource of somebody who was affected by it, that we could get this information that you're not hearing every day. It's also very unfortunate that our friend had to, to suffer through this. So there's a bit of a dichotomy there. But um, I think she dropped a lot of valuable information on us. And um, like I said, it's just beneficial to get a firsthand account of this thing that, you know, you hear on the news and you hear your neighbors talking about from six feet away. That is just, <laughs> you, you have no real perspective on it, but I, I think we're privileged to be able to have had that discussion with her and, and learn so much. Absolutely. So moving on, I think that it's important to get some of the numbers out. So on our end, I'm going to share the, this map with you guys. Can you see it? Everything look good? Yes. So this is the John Hopkins map that we're looking over so that you guys can can kind of get an idea of the numbers. There's been 441,187 total cases as of right now globally. China still leads with the amount of confirmed cases with 81,000, but second to Italy and um, the United States has risen to third right now on the confirmed cases list with 55,568 cases. Um, when it comes to the total number of deaths from the disease, there's been 19,784 and there's been 111,933 recoveries. As of right now, the most deaths are in Italy followed by Spain, but Italy is up by three, has over 3,000 more deaths than Spain does. So obviously you could tell that it has hit the nation of Italy the hardest. Um, but that being said, it seems like, and I hear experts are saying that if we, it, it seems like the United States as, as when it comes to the number of cases, it's going to pass Italy and it may pass China eventually, but hopefully we can as long as we keep self-distancing and, and quarantining and all of those things that the doctors are telling you, wash your hands, do exactly what the doctors say, we can keep that number from getting up even higher. Well, here's think, the thing. Oh, go ahead, Lewis. You're, you're absolutely right that that number is going to rise above Italy eventually. But we also have to remember the population differences between the two countries. Absolutely. The United States has 330 million people. Uh, and it's probably going to be growing uh, nine months from now, we'll say. Um, 
and Italy has how many people? I don't, I don't know how many. It, it's, has. it's much smaller. It's much, much smaller. So, to say that we are going to to come above Italy, that that's pretty much well known. It shouldn't scare people as much as should just inform people that it's still a serious issue. Absolutely. And I think that another important figure is that right now our death rate is super low at this point, and hopefully we can keep it that way. You know, you pray that we can keep it that way, or if you don't pray, you hope. Um, that being said, uh, right now our death rate is, is right around where South Korea is, which seems to be the pinnacle of how to handle this virus because they didn't have a high infection rate. They had a very small death rate and they didn't have to shut down major uh, sections of their economy for it. So if we could keep our death rate low, then at least we're doing something right. What, what is the death rate in South Korea? Um, let, me, let me check. I think that, I know that it is, it is quite low, like they've had, um, uh, someone can, someone else can like look up the exact number. I'm trying to find it right now. As I scroll through, scroll through this. Sorry for that. I know that it is the lowest uh, among the countries that were hit fairly hard. Um, only 126 deaths with 9,000 cases, and it's because of. There's, they, they say that they were right on top of it from day one. Uh, uh, this is, as of March 6th, it was at a 0.6% a death rate. So, and that's according to Business Insider. So basically, because they were right on top of this from day one, they got testing out quickly. And what they were able to do was quarantine areas with large community spread, along with quarantining the most vulnerable members of their population. They were able to keep the spread small and they were able to uh, continue working and their economy moving, even though some sections of it had to sort of cease. Um, that being said, they are a much more, I'll say authoritarian, not authoritarian, that's not the right way to put it, but they, the people of South Korea are much more likely to listen to government issued orders and sanctions and say home this idea of rugged individualism and freedom in america makes something like this very difficult to keep people home and listening to the government you're also talking about south korea a nation that is literally 10 times smaller right than the united states so uh, granted I, I would argue our resource capabilities are you know far greater like we could we could execute better with 330 million people than they could on their 39 million people i just think that a uh, size is an important thing when looking at this particular issue the the actual size of a country and population absolutely germany also has a very low death rate um and and again what what seems to be the key is testing right off the bat being a major part. And obviously we got off on a slow start in the testing realm. But I think that once you really see the, and, and I think that it, there's um, multiple factors as to why we started off slow. A mix of the president maybe 
early on not doing things that he should have been doing in regards to the coronavirus to this day and but along with that is there's a lot of regulation and fda um stopping things from stopping companies and stopping other areas of to be working on these tests which also things that the president could slash though right which he has been doing on a very very quick uh timetable although he should have been doing it earlier i would agree he should have done it when those senators found out about it and sold all their stocks in february right well right well that is that's another that's he should have done it that's another issue in in and of itself that we have four senators right now being questioned for insider trading because they found out about this virus and the effects that it will have on the economy and has had on the economy and they quickly sold a lot of their stocks and made made off with a lot of money that being said um and i i will say that i did say made off for uh, for on purpose that's very <laughs> funny that being said they claim that this was not insider training and we are innocent until proven guilty in the united states of america so these are all allegations i would like to to put out but that being said what we should talk about is that our government has come to an agreement on the third stimulus package i'm going to pull that up for us on the screen share here so that we can all see it together so here's this is from now this on now this is thread on twitter uh saying that this bill that is expected to pass includes 350 billion dollars for small business loans 500 yeah, yeah. billion dollars for airlines and other corporations that are hit very hard by the epidemic Boo. um it has twelve hundred dollars in direct payments to adults that make less than $75,000 a year and couples that make less than $150,000 annually, including an additional $500 for each child. Uh, the White House has signaled that it supports the bill and it can go into effect within days. Democrats, the a major fight is saying that Democrats are claiming this is bailout money and that it's going to help Trump's own businesses or businesses owned by top government officials. Um, I'm sure Stephen and I, Stephen and I disagree on that point. Is that how you read those words? Is that what it says? What did I miss? It says the White House has signaled its support for the bills, and it goes into effect within days. Democrats fought to include a. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misread that. My bad. It fought to include. That's a little CNN slip right there. Fake news. Fake news. There you go. Uh, We're not all immune, right? fought to include a clause barring any bailouts for Trump's businesses and businesses owned by any top government. But I know that they were also issuing, I I saw claims that they were issuing that the money given to the airlines and other industries like that were bailouts, but I wouldn't use that term for it. Uh, The more I've looked into it, the more I've kind of changed my opinion on that because earlier I would have agreed, but I'm not too sure because uh, to me, a bailout is when the businesses make actions that hurt themselves and then ask the government for money. This global pandemic that hurts, obviously, airlines and and other travel industries is not on the air. It's not the airline's fault that this happened. And so them being 
drastically hurt by it, I, I, I'm okay with them getting a one-time help. For- I, I don't agree. I think uh, if a business fails, a business fails. That being said, rather than allocating, um, you know, $500 billion of money that could have been distributed better to local businesses or you could up the money given to individuals who are really being hurt um, this crisis, I would argue that the president probably should sign the uh, Defense Production Act and start giving out government contracts to these businesses and give them the money that way. Well, so I completely these, agree with that too, yeah. I, I think that's a, a, a far better solution than just signing a bunch of checks and saying, here, you're good now. I because think focus on the small businesses as well. Small businesses need more help than these big, huge businesses like airlines. Small- airlines nickel and dime you for every single thing. They should have enough money saved up for something like this. I agree. Small businesses and consumers, the people that I think this bill was Fully. originally helped to or designed to help are the people who are being hurt. You know, you can't go out. I mean, we've seen New Jersey, they put freezes on, uh, on rent payments, utilities. Um, they've given you the option. I think the Trump administration, excuse me, <clears throat> is giving you the option to defer payments on your student loans for 90 days. So it, it's clear that this has a, a larger and more direct impact on everyday people, people who might've been living paycheck to paycheck who are now out of a job. Um, I highly doubt that the CEO or the administrators or uh, you know the plant managers at Boeing or you know the Hilton Resorts, where, wherever you wanna claim is getting hit hardest, are gonna be severely out of a job, living their paycheck to paycheck. The same way well, a lot of these small business owners or small business workers are. I so would say I think that, that 500 billion is, is a little bit insulting, actually. I would say that the workers at Boeing and, and the hotel employees at the Hilton are facing those effects of living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, just the same as the worker of the small businesses. You can make the case that the owner is a different story, and that's well and, and good. I, I, well, yeah, I never said the workers. I no, said the I'm owners, the plant managers. I, wait, I, you didn't let me finish. I think that the uh, the five hundred billion dollars that is going to these industries, if it is, I, I I'm not sure, but if it is in provisions that they go to those employees, as in here's five hundred billion dollars, so you can still pay your workers, that goes a long way. Yeah, well, I think that requires a fundamental trust in uh, both the the corporations and the government. Uh, Right. One of one of which I have far less trust in than the other. Yeah, same with me, and it's the government for me. I mean, yeah, it's certainly not the government for me. So, um, that being said, this bill didn't go through without more controversy, obviously, as nothing ever does, and that includes the basically Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer had agreed to the terms of the deal in the Senate. In, during the weekend. And there's actually rhetoric from Chuck Schumer that he was surprised with how bipartisan this bill actually was. He was happy with, with how everybody came together and worked together in the Senate. Um, and then the House came back from recess and basically said, no, we're not gonna sign this bill and we want some other provisions in it. And some of those other provisions um, 
are that that are in the bill that the house uh wanted was 300 i'm sorry 33.2 million dollars in the uh ooh, wait oh man this computer just glitched out on me sorry 33.2 million dollars for operations research and facilities um to remain until september of 2021 that is for the um n o a a and then it's which i'm if one of you guys can look up what NOAA stands no. for. No. Like yeah, no. The National Oceanic something, something. So, so for the, so three, three weather folks. dollars for, for weather folks. All right. $33.2 million for that. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Yep. A hundred million dollars for NASA for construction and environmental compliance. Um, $278 million for the IRS, $35 million for the JFK Performing Arts Center. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. $90 million for an HIV program and money for the National Center for Advancing Trans Translational Sciences, $7 million for Gallaudet University, $23 million for Howard University, and um, three hundred million dollars for PBS, five hundred million dollars for museum and library services. So that's some of the things that Nancy Pelosi said she needed in the bill for it to be passed in the House. And that is, um, and and that is a danger. And we could go back to two thousand and one and look at what was crammed in bills after nine eleven by parties, uh, by by the Republican Party. This is the idea of. And a big reason why the to go to the comment you made before, Stephen, why I don't trust the government a lot at all, actually, is that they never let a good, to quote Rahm Emanuel, the governor of Chicago, they never let a good crisis go to waste. And they just push these giant omnibus bills full of pork That's fair. down the throats of the American people for no reason. It's fair. I, I would argue that you have a really good point if that bill passed. But clearly, the the process of government and debate between the houses and the parties worked, and we didn't end up with those things. I agree on, on principle. I agree. Everything in that bill, with the exception of the IRS money, simply because they the IRS tax season was delayed, so I can understand why they might need extra funds to to deal with that. That's everything else, ban the IRS anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you and uh, your your guy Bernie Madoff would like that one. Huh? Um. Everything else, I agree. It, it's not the time to to bicker and debate and try and you know do a little uh, buzzword here, quid pro quo. You know, I'll sign your bill if you give me the money for this. It, you have increasingly an exponential portion of our population is becoming sick, contracting this virus. People cannot go to work. And unemployment is skyrocketing. That like twenty percent, I think. The, it was at like three. <laughs> Yeah, the stock market is is like Lewis would have fun riding the stock market because it's just up and down like the roller coasters. It's <laughs> a up de loop. down. Yeah, a little loop de loop. You might see it go like this. Who knows? Now is not the time to try and throw in 
you know, what your $5 million for Howard University. Like, the, it, it's not the time. There is a, a national crisis uh, that is bigger than the parties. It is bigger than, it is bigger than anything that we have on the t table right now because it is immediate and in our faces. And I think it'll be interesting to see because I know we had talked about this on a prior show and I've been thinking a lot about it and I don't know how I, I feel about it yet. Um, I had a family member recently make a comment who listened to a podcast that we did a while ago saying that they thought I was crazy because I didn't believe that the president would be able to unify the country in a time of crisis. And I said, I never want to see it happen. I don't want to know if I'm right or wrong. But I think if this kind of bickering continues and this back and forth, you know, between the parties, between governors and the president, um, we'll have a case study for that. But I look to this passing of this bill as a moment of hope within that, because I don't think this administration has been perfect. I think there has been problems, but I think seeing, you know, staunch opponents like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell come together and agree on a bipartisan measure that's costing so much money that it's hard to even fathom is a really good sign. Right, and I think that the big key here is that one-time payments are different than multiple payment, uh, uh, multiple trillions of dollars many, many years. The whole point of government in my eyes is to sort of not screw things up when, it's go when things are going well for everyone and then step in and help out when things are going bad. And things are going bad right now. And this is the time that the government should be spending those billions and trillions of dollars. We should be accruing the debt that we shouldn't have had this whole time right that's what should be going on right now and so i think that you're absolutely right stephen with a, with a lot of what you said um and to to go on with that not only is it nice to see you know senator mcconnell and senator schumer sort of work together for a little bit there but it's also nice to hear you know governor murphy and governor cuomo two very staunch opponents of the president com commend him at times and earlier him were, at other times it's not it's not keeping that tone right now it's it's i think it changes within the day i don't it depends know depends on their conversations that they have that day i i think it depends it depends on a lot i'll say that much i would like to uh commend though governor phil murphy in the work that he's doing right now because he's been on twitter every single day he's been live streaming telling the people um exactly what he knows oh, as yeah. he know it as he knows it and <laughs> but i've like aj never really uh enjoyed governor phil murphy's time in office however right now i think that he's doing the exact job that he was elected for and i am impressed and if he keeps this up you know this could sway a lot of votes uh when it comes for him to be reelected. I agree. I think uh, I, I said it earlier. I think Governor Cuomo is is absolutely killing it in New York too. Uh, absolutely. I enjoy. I actually like. This is going to sound so nerdy of me, but I actually enjoy sitting down and watching him do press briefs <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like I get a lot of good information. I feel like he he's a straight shooter, and I just I love his tone. I. What I've come to learn is that Governor Cuomo might be my favorite Democrat. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this about Governor Cuomo. And my mother and grandmother said it a lot 
uh, over this past week, he talks to the New Yorkers like they are his children. Yes. Like, it's so funny. There's a commercial that runs on, like, NBC and CBS, all of those New York channels that we get here in the Garden State, in which he's like, get up. Don't leave your house. Get off the parks. This is ridiculous. And it's so funny because he sounds like he's lecturing his children yes. on why they, they're grounded and they can't leave. And I love the clips of him and his brother Yes, where they're on CNN and he's like, did you call mom? He's like, mom said I had to come back on the show. <laughs> it's, it's like, the, I think Cuomo is providing everything that I want out of this. I'm getting good information. He's being direct. He's advocating for his people. And he's being lighthearted when it's appropriate and when he can be. And I really, really appreciate it. I definitely agree, but we also have to remember the stark contrast within his state that is the New York City mayor that is... De Blasio on... is not doing well at all, exactly. No, yeah. no, he's not. He's... he's really messing up all over the place. So I'm glad that they have a governor uh, above the mayor that is really helping out there. Yeah, I agree, Lewis. We are running out of time, though. We only have three minutes, and this flew by. But really, really Aww. quickly... Um, I just wanted to mention that the president does hope to reopen the economy again by Easter. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the best idea, but I do know this. There has to be some sort of conversation as to when we are getting the economy reopened. Whether you think Easter is too soon, that's fine. But we shouldn't be saying, you know, ah, maybe we'll just reopen again in four months, five months, six months, eight months. It, it simply can't work that way. The economy, if you shut down the economy for too long, it won't bounce back for a very long time, if not ever. And Maybe if you infect can, enough people and they die, they won't come back ever. That's I think also the only, true. I think it doesn't matter what I think, what you think, what our, our little orange man who stands at the podium every day thinks which is another one. It's great to see his face every day since he did away with press briefings like some authoritarian. I think what matters is what the experts think. And the experts who say, we, we don't know why he picked Easter. He said he thinks it's a beautiful day. What, that is ridiculous. You have people who are infected, sick, dying, and you just pick a beautiful day to say, oh, we should just open up back then. You're I don't right. care how many points get added to the G to, to the Dow, whatever you want to call it, or GDP, the index, this is so much bigger than the economy. And the notion of even considering putting a value on the lives of Americans to bounce back from the economy is ridiculous. And I the think problem, it's an awful conversation to have when we're not even two weeks into quarantine. Ridiculously Steven, stupid conversation. I understand all of that. But, but money, the, I get it. No, no. The idea that capitalism is not even any of that. The idea that businesses can close and that won't also hurt the lives of many and lead to the death and poverty and impoverishment of millions of Americans is also an important conversation to be. Yeah, having. we had it. They just passed a bill to help fix it. Just throwing money at the issue isn't going to help the economy in third in, you know, five years that has to be shut down for 12 months. There's, a, there's other problems. As the self-proclaimed moderator here, I, would, I, I wish we would have had this conversation a few minutes earlier uh, because we are out of time. We have about 20 seconds left of the show. 
All right. Well, hopefully next week we can continue this and hopefully there'll be a tons more information. And if all things go well, hopefully soon enough, we can see all of your, I could be with Lewis and Steven in the same room. Um, but with that, I'm AJ Malillo. I am Steven Rumbelow. And I am Luke DeLue. <laughs> and this has been the Sons of Liberty. Thank you so much for joining in. Hopefully we gave you some sense of normalcy on this Wednesday afternoon. And, and if I'm correct, you'll be able to check this out on YouTube soon, yeah? Hopefully, if we can get the uh, recordings from our engineer, Adam Goldberg. Again, thank you so much, Adam Goldberg, our engineer, yes. like I just said. Thank you so much, Annabella Poland, for making this happen. Thank you, Stephen and Lewis. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time out of your day. Yeah, definitely thank the listeners for listening to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. Exactly. Have a wonderful <laughs> week, everyone. We will talk to you soon. And remember that listening is easy, but doing is harder.